Good morning, and welcome to the Tuesday Morning Show. I'm one of your Tuesday Morning Show hosts, Phil Huff, and with me this morning, actually we are recording this in advance, is Pete Rust from the Idaho Department of Fish and Game. He's staff biologist and for the Panhandle region, and one of the primary movers and shakers with stuff going on out of the Pack River, and we're going to talk all about that shortly this morning. But uh, first, Pete, why don't you give us a little background on yourself uh, and a little bit about the Idaho Department of Fishing Game and how they're involved in this project? Okay, well, um, I'm what we call a mitigation staff biologist, and I'm the project manager for the Pack River Restoration Project. Um, my job is to implement habitat projects on Lake Ponderay through a mitigation and funding agreement um, that IDFG and Bonneville Power signed. Um, I've worked on Ponderay for other jobs with IDFG or other projects, and uh, I spend a lot of my spare time on Ponderay on the lake and on the Ponderay River, and I really wanted to be part of a program that helped to restore some of the habitat that has been lost over the years. So um, I spent 25 years as a fisheries biologist and I decided to make a major change and do something completely different. Um, and it has been quite a bit different. So so how, how long have you been up here in the panhandle? I've been here about 22 years. All right. Nice. And so did you grow up thinking I'm going to be a fishing fisheries biologist and I'm going to work on moving dirt and gravel around delta areas to improve habitat or was that a thing Not, later in life it later in life it never crossed my mind until a few years ago actually so yeah it's been quite a quite a lane change for me yeah I think it's an interesting thing when people look out and see these projects for them to connect the dots that the Idaho Department of Fishing Game which a lot of folks associate with hunting and trapping. And while these are improvements for hunters and anglers, uh, they just think of folks only from that standpoint of uh, securing the, the hunting and trapping permits and rules and regulations. And here's all this habitat work that actually is quite necessary to make that possible. Uh, right. I, understanding that broad scope of what the department does is really important here at the outset. Yeah, well, our, our mission is to protect, preserve, perpetuate and manage Idaho's wildlife resources and and along those lines protecting habitat fits right in with our with our mission so um, Fish and Game has been involved with several habitat or is involved with several restoration projects in the region and throughout the state um, the project on the Pack River and other projects have are on um, wildlife management areas that Fish and Game co-manages with the Corps of Engineers through an agreement so um, we manage these wildlife management areas to benefit all wildlife species and to pr provide opportunities for hunters and anglers. So um, these projects like the Pack River, for example, we're improving the quality and the quantity of wildlife habitats on our own property, so to speak. So anytime we can do that on a large scale, it's kind of a win-win for, for us. And so now the Army Correct me here if I'm wrong uh, and delve a little deeper, but the Army Corps of Engineers is involved because this work is on Lake Ponderay, which is regulated by dam structures. And in the licensing agreements with the companies that, uh, that produce the power of Vista, uh, there's a certain amount of mitigation that needs to be done to counteract the deleterious uh, impacts of that dam. And so uh, that's where the Army Corps, the dam operator builder, comes into play. Is that right? 
Yeah, it's the Corps of Engineers owns the at least most of the substrate of the lake. Um, in the the areas we're working on the Pack River and most of the Clark Fork Delta, the Corps owns the property. Um, the reason that we're doing this these projects is because when the dams went in in the 1950s, especially Albany Falls Dam, um, the lake level was held um, artificially high after the dams went in. And a lot of these wetlands and um, on the deltas, they suffered because although the wetland vegetation is made to be wet, it's not made to be inundated uh, you know, under, under 11 feet of water. Most of these historical wetlands were, were temporary wetlands. So what used to happen is we'd get a spring runoff and a spring flood and these temporary wetlands would, would be underwater and then the lake would recede and it would you know, come back down to a base level. So now again, what happened is the, the lake's held artificially high. Um, a lot of that vegetation has, um, has died. And then with, the, with that vegetation no longer being there to find those soils and keep that, that sediment intact, um, the power of the lake through the wind and the waves has, has, has caused a lot of erosion. So the main reason that we are doing these, having to do these projects, um, probably especially on the Clark Fork Delta, is because we've lost a lot of habitat due to erosion. So it's, there's been several, we've done several projects over the years, but um, the current project that we're working on is through a, a funding agreement that we signed um, with BPA in 2018, and that provided 10 years of, of mitigation funding to do restoration projects on deltas. So um, yeah, this is actually the, the, the fifth restoration projects that we've done on Ponderay system. Um, we've done three previous projects on the Clark Fork Delta that you're probably familiar with and folks probably are familiar with. And this is the second project that we've done on, on the Pack River Delta. Yeah. Yeah. We've had folks on before, um, Kathy Cousins years ago when the first Clark Fork project was, uh, starting to be ramped up, dreamed up, uh, engaged a lot of local conservation organizations. We've had her on and some of the partner groups that have been involved with the volunteer efforts. And so it's been a big ongoing project that many in the community are familiar with. And we can go yeah. into a little bit more detail, but there's, there's new folks who are arriving constantly to Sandpoint and they drive past the Delta there and we'll see posts on social media like, what the heck are all those trucks doing? Are they building condos out on the other side of the Delta? Are they putting a new marina in down there? And so we're here today to dissuade or tamp down some of those rumors. Yeah, it, it, uh, it looks pretty crazy out there right now, that's, that's for sure. But we're in the construction phase, like I said, of a second project on the PAC Delta. And it takes a lot of equipment to do these, these bigger projects. And, and really, we're, we have some, it's time sensitive because we have to get it done before the lake starts coming up in the fall. So our construction window is really from, um, well, the end of November when the lake is down and some of the water settles out till the end of March, early April before the lake starts coming up. So we have to really get get a lot of equipment out there to yeah. get the work done. And the, these aren't the six months you normally think of as being prime for construction work, but that's when the area is dewatered. So you can build things right. that's out there. So, so it has its advantages, though, because it's in the wintertime. Well, the, 
it's the only time we could do it. But when the ground is frozen, like normally it is in the winter time, it makes it a lot easier for those guys to get their equipment, move it around out there when the ground's frozen. So you know the the uh, the eight year old kid in me that likes to you know think of building things, temporary structures and things, and playing with rocks and sticks and mud looks at that and goes, "Wow, what the heck are they doing? Here's this big gravel landing pad. Looks like some." temporary bridges permanent bridges out to islands with trucks that are digging dirt and filling things in tell us a little bit about what's actually happening well the it, it kind of it they go in phases the, the first phase was we had to build a we had to build an access pad or a staging area with a, a ramp down off of 200 to get to a to get to the staging area then the next phase was to get a, across that first channel of the pack river so there's a we had to build a pretty significant bridge to get across get that heavy equipment across the river. So, um, and we had some struggles with that with the with the high water that we had early in December that that slowed us down quite a bit. But then the next phase is to we have to build roads on top of that soft sediment to get out to the areas where the fill material is at. So almost all of the material for the islands that we're going to build comes from the you know, it's this, it's the material that's on site. So we build roads out to borrow areas. The borrow areas provide the material for the base of the islands. Um, and, and it's just a series of, of roads to, to borrow areas, to islands. And that's kind of the way that it goes. So um, for this project, we're building, um, I think, eight new islands. Some of the, there was another project on the Pack River in 2009, and we're going to have to go back and fix some of the work that was done in that first phase. Um, so there's going to be a whole bunch of new islands as well as some deeper water areas. We're going to leave the borrow areas there, obviously, and they'll fill with water um, earlier in the spring and they'll provide a whole different habitat type than the islands themselves will. So, And, um, and so the end result will be there will be islands that will increase the terrestrial habitat and the interface between the, the lake, the, the liminal areas. Uh, and then the borrow pits will create deeper pools. And the two in combination will help improve conditions, uh, counteracting the, the seasonal watering, dewatering that just sort of levels everything. Is that right? Exactly. I mean, the, the, the scale of the erosion on the Pack River is not as obvious as it is on the Clarkfort Delta because it's a lot bigger delta and there's a major river that, that comes in there that has um, exacerbated the erosion in, to some degree. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the same thing. The, the Pack River has, has eroded all that. When you look out there, you see these mud banks because um, the seasonal vegetation, um, it it, it dies in the wintertime, but the lake is drawn down every winter. So like macrophytes and aquatic plants can't really grow either. So it's kind of this dead zone is what it looks like. So we're adding islands above the summer pool. That's kind of our philosophy is we're, we're raising islands above that 2062 elevation. And then we're armoring them with rock and planting willows right into the banks while we're, while we're armoring them. So that they're protected from, you know, the the wind and waves when the lake is full. So we're we're sort of fitting our, our restoration project in with the the way that the lake is is managed now. Mm -hmm. So let's get to the nitty gritty. Uh, 
aside from the aesthetics being perhaps more pleasing, which animals, which species will this benefit and how? Well, our, we'd like to have all, all species benefit. I'm, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, it's hard to tell exactly what's going to benefit until, you know, after these projects have, have uh, been completed and the vegetation fills in and the habitat is created. It takes a while for, for it to kind of get to a more natural state, but for sure the waterfowl will benefit. Um, we did a project on the Clark Fork and completed that in 2022. And last summer, um, less than two years after the after construction, we already had waterfowl nesting on the on the islands that we created. So we expect the same thing in the Pack River. It'll take a couple years. Um, so waterfowl should benefit as far as nesting habitat and that kind of thing. We think that waterfowl will benefit and and use it as a as a, you know resting areas when they're migrating kind of like they do now, we think that's going to get even better, um, have more habitat and, and open water areas for ducks to use in their fall migration. Um, I think a lot of the, it's, it's reasonable to assume that a lot of the songbirds will, will, will improve in, in diversity and density like they have on the Clark Fork Delta. We've done um, bird surveys since some of the earlier Clark Fork projects and just overall, um, non-game bird diversity and densities have increased over time. So we expect the same thing to happen with the Pack River. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's really going to be good habitat for birds. We expect that some of the smaller mammals will likely improve in, in density as well. Because um, we're, we're creating something from nothing, really. So um, we, we expect there to be a lot of different wildlife benefits. Mm -hmm. And we see, you know, always with uh, small animals, of course, the prey predator relationships, we probably ought to see foxes and coyotes and things like that returning maybe. Well, there's not really many foxes here, but we should see coyotes out there. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, like, like small mammals, we probably will have otters out there. We'll probably have, um, Probably some more moose and 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 some of the large mammals might use the area more now too, since there's there's more cover for them out there, or there will be. We, and we started with fisheries. Tell us uh, about the potential benefits to fisheries in all of this. Well, it's it's hard to it's hard to say. I'm I'm sure that fish will move in there. I mean, they they tend to um, find new habitats maybe maybe sooner than some of the wildlife species do. So. Um, it's really hard to say what's going to move in there. I mean, there's a there's a there's some bass and 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 game fish that that currently use that habitat when the when the lake was full. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some benefits to fisheries as well. And of course, recreation in general will will benefit from all of this. Um, and I, I suppose, well, tell us about what the projected benefits are or objectives for both. Uh, recreationists, and I shouldn't say and hunters, hunters are recreationists with specific categories of recreation, including hunting. Well, it should be a lot better hunting um, areas for hunters to, to hide when, once the islands kind of fill in. So I expect there'll be a lot more use um, by the hunting community. Part of this project, when the, I mean, when you see the staging area now where the equipment's sort of stored, it looks like this gigantic parking lot but when the 
when the project is, is complete, we're going to leave a small footprint there for a, a parking area for a few trucks and trailers, as well as an area for kayakers and canoeists to load and unload their equipment. So just by improving the access, we're going to have, a, we expect that there's going to be a lot more use by, you know, the consumptive users and the, the non-consumptive users as well. So I, I expect the kayakers in that group is going to, is going to be using it almost immediately mm -hmm. now that we have much safer and, and better access for them. Now, something I found interesting looking at the website before the interview here is that while the project is going on, uh, it is not a completely uh, restricted zone. Uh, activities are allowed to continue within certain advisories. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, we can't, it's, it's, it's Corps of Engineers property, so we can't keep people from, from getting in there, especially from from other areas. I mean, they come in from the from the sunny side um, access points if they really wanted to. So we, we don't discourage people from still using the the whole delta. We would just like to keep people away from the staging area and away from the equipment during construction. I mean, it's a pretty short time frame where we're disrupting the public's use of that area. So if people still want to hunt the hunting the the waterfall season still go on for a couple more weeks. Um, that's fine, but if, just stay away from the, the actual staging area where the equipment's being stored at night. And then, you know, when you're, when you're hunting, be, be aware of that there's operators, equipment operators that are out on the Delta right now. So be careful, you know, where you shoot and that kind of thing. So yeah, folks can still use the Delta obviously, but uh, just be real aware of, of your background and, and, and where you're shooting. Don't, don't shoot the truck drivers. Don't shoot the truck drivers. No, that's a, that's a bad, that's Probably a bad thing. Always good <laughs> advice. Uh, but especially now. Uh, so that, that, that uh, answers one of the next questions is that I had heard too, that there will be some increased access to the parking you mentioned for uh, future recreationists after the project's done. So there's, uh, something tangible there that uh, beyond the restoration work that can be pointed to in improving the experience. Right. I mean, part of the reason why we do these projects is, is to benefit wildlife and, and protect what's, what's there and create new areas and that kind of thing. But again, al along those lines, we want to improve um, or increase opportunities for people to get access to these new restoration areas. Because at the end of the day, the people have paid for this. So we want to provide access for them to, to use their, their project and their resource. Now, you mentioned phase two. Um, too early to know if there'll be a need or desire for a phase three, uh, or is this just one of a series of uh, projects? Well, we've spent most of the money <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, from our, our from our you know ten year project, but I I'm hoping that I'll have um, enough left over to do one more project. Um, not sure of that yet, but what we would like to do, and we're kind of in the early planning phases. We have to plan early because it takes two years from the planning phase till till they're completed. So. Um, I'd like to get on the south side of the train train bridge there at Pack River and do some work mm -hmm. in that part of the delta that's closer to the main body of water. 
Um, it would be nice to add some new habitat and some diversity to that area. I think that would be a big benefit for for waterfowl since they use that area so extensively anyway, at, at least in the fall. Um, and it would be a great opportunity, an improvement for for hunters too that that are trying to waterfowl in those kind of those flats. So um, at this point, that but that will probably be the last project. Um, and if we can pull that off and find funding, it would be in the fall of 2026. It would be like two years from now. Yeah, it, it all takes time. And um, so I know a number of our listeners are always interested in um, native plants, weeds. Uh, I'm sure there's provisions being taken to not introduce uh, the terrestrial weeds, uh, spraying down the trucks before they go out. Uh, beyond that, can you speak to any mitigation measures or? Well, yeah, all these all these new landforms that we're creating, they're all going to be planted. Um, part of our protection and the way that we protect these islands is we embed uh, willows and dogwoods right into the right into the bank while the contractor does that while he's while he's building these islands. So um, and then after, beyond that, this summer, those I have some crews coming in to do some more planting of native vegetation trees, um, emergent vegetation like bulrushes and cattails and those kind of things. So as well as seeding, we're going to be seeding all these areas as well. So we've got, I think it's 60,000 plants that we're going to be planting this summer to try to, you know, get a jump start on restoring some of these, some of these habitats. With the water level down, are you, are you finding, uh, are you able to uh, do anything to remove uh milfoil or the uh, the start it's not the star thistle the other uh flowering rush um we can't really we can't see anything right now just because it's all, it's all dead but the the material that we're using for for the islands is is coming from you know from the borrow areas so a lot of that material might be pretty clean of of invasive weeds um but it's a it's an ongoing problem to try to, um, especially reed canary grass. It seems to do so well in these deltas, but that's just part of our, our post project management. That's going to go on forever is trying to, you know, we've got some weed spraying programs that are, that are WMA biologists are involved with and, and, and that'll be uh, an ongoing thing. Mm Well, it's quite an undertaking, and it's it's great to see. And again, I, I remember back, I think, when it's probably been six or seven or more years since you know, uh, I first got involved with Kathy Cousins and the project out on the Clark Fork Delta that was the precursor to this. And, uh, and, and so it's nice to see things progressing along, and even knowing that this isn't quite the end of it all, uh, these things do take time. But if you don't start, they don't get done. Right, right. Yeah, Kathy was instrumental on, on getting these projects off the ground, and she she started the the Pack River uh, pilot study in two thousand and nine, and then she got some additional funding from from BPA to do that first phase on the Clark Fork in two thousand and fourteen. And so that was uh, it's, it's hard enough to to continue to do these yeah. projects, but to be the first one to do them was was really a was really a challenge. Uh, it's a, a lot to follow. Um, well, uh, as we sort of start to wind down, uh, how can people find out more if they've just tuned in and they, they want to go through more of the project details? Is there a website, Facebook page, other resource? 
Well, we have a an old um, website uh, from the Clark Fork projects that is on my list of things to do to upgrade and update to make it more useful for for people to have a better site for people to go to and get information. But that's going to be a little while till that's functional. But in the meantime, I would say our regional Facebook page is probably Fish and Game Facebook page is probably your best bet for updates. Um, I plan to get another news release out um, probably later in January, maybe early February, just to give a project update and a better uh, have a, when I'll have a better feeling of, of when we'll be able to complete construction. So at this point, I think our Facebook page is probably your best bet. Okay. Uh, again, as, as we as we wind down, any closing thoughts for our listeners? Well, it's just I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this project. I think it's pretty exciting, and um, I, I hope folks can get out there this summer and and enjoy it with a much better and safer access. Thank you. Uh, this is the KRFY Morning Show. I'm your host, Phil Huff. We've been talking this morning with Pete Russ, the biologist from the Idaho Department of Fish and Game involved with the Pack River uh, Delta Restoration Project. Great project ongoing. It's the one you see a lot of movement and activity on right now through March out as you drive Highway 200 past the Pack River. Uh, this is what it's all about. If you missed any of this, you'll be able to listen to a full podcast uh, shortly on krfy.org. Thanks for coming in this morning, Pete. All right. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it.